0: Never in the history of the world at the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth, disseminating this filth, the onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Inko,
1: Common. Slugs. Inko, Common.
2: Oh man, waiting, <sighs> waiting waitin on Steve here. Yep. Yeah. But you know what? Good thing, good thing we waited a day. Otherwise, we would have missed this great J.K. Rowling content.
1: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Why?
2: Why does she? Why? It's like she's giving you absolutely no fucking choice. But us, I think Steve's here.
1: Hello. Hi, Hello. Steve.
2: I was just bringing up JK Rowling shit on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Which,
2: uh, for no no, graciously justifiable reason, should this woman be saying these things, really? It's just... Uh... You
0: know, the protests uh, in Minneapolis were actually led. Um, the violence was instigated by goblin interlopers.
2: <laughs> there were definitely some goblin outside agitators. In Goblins, marriage, the very with least.
0: three parentheses around them, if that yes. wasn't clear.
2: And if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, J.K. Rowling has taken an infamously turf turn late in life, and um, it's uh, it's just like it just today she tweeted. She had a she had a qualm with a headline that said something about oh, the post-COVID world for people who menstruate, and she was like, "Oh, gee, golly, gosh, I, we used to have a word for them, huh? Uh, what was it? Womb?" Yeah, and, uh, okay.
0: this is also one instance where "people who menstruate" is not um, some sort of virtue signal, postgender use of the term. It's. Literally, for people who menstruate. Yeah,
2: because the thing is talking about (laughs) menstruation.
0: Yeah, Um, if you are a assigned female at birth woman uh, who, in fact, uh, went through menopause, this wouldn't affect you. So it's not about, they're not just inserting the word, the phrase in for woman. They're just literally, it's about menstruation.
2: yeah. And, oh, you know what, guys? Hey, welcome to Pinko Kami Sluts.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're talking about menstruation and We're turf. talking about
2: menstruation and turfs. Yeah, I think what bothers me the most... Uh, no, what bothers me the most is why would someone with so much power who wrote a children's series about, you know, fucking truth and justice and not being a, a Nazi, essentially, <laughs> um, why would you continue to pick on it like it doesn't matter what you think about the framework you know this group is marginalized to this degree
0: And like, yeah they, but like England's fucking weird
2: they are very weird about it I will admit that the secondary thing the less troubling aspect of it for me is that she and people like her make it so it's impossible to have any hairy discussions around this framework right now because it's like you don't want to be um, wrapped up in this turf nonsense, you know. Isn't like,
0: she suing someone right now? Or uh, something. something and I don't fucking know.
2: It's it's like you don't want to get wrapped up in this turf nonsense, but like I got hold on I want to be careful about what I'm saying here (laughs) so my feeling about how misogyny exists is that it can happen anytime anywhere even it can be applied to a shitty fucking person (laughs) and it doesn't like I don't know we should be wary of pretending like things aren't misogynistic just because it's being applied to someone who's arguably objectively odious and terrible Or whatever. So like there's an element of how she wants to talk about womanhood and essentializing it where like there's one small bit of it that I can get because she's a woman of a certain age (laughs) and how her narrative about feminism is like trying to carve out space to talk about the experience of being a woman and blah, blah, blah. And and that's the aspect she feels infringed upon. Right now. What's annoying is that we can't ever point out an instance where these kind of things intersect because there are these stark fucking shitheads, the TERFs, who insist on a conversation that's supposed to be about humanizing uh they insist on dehumanizing the conversation and it's it's you know I don't know because the menstruation thing it hit funny because I definitely had a annoying conversation where someone told me to not talk about menstruation in a women's group because it was exclusionary and I did get kind of annoyed about that but so what <laughs> like in the grand yeah. scheme Um, I guess is what I, you know what I mean? And, like, what I'm saying is, like, a trans person who's trying to advocate for their fucking very existence, um, it's still possible for them to be clumsy about it sometimes. And you don't, doesn't give you a right to fucking jump to an oppositional side or fucking be cruel to people. (laughs) Especially when... um, you know you have the hearts of a generation of, of, of certain kinds of people, and it sucks. Like just on that level,
1: it, it is very much as stealing valor.
2: <laughs> she is
1: <laughs> like no. I mean, the whole conversation is is co opting of oppression.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people want to fit it into like a hierarchical structure that's very tidy. And it, it's a fucking reality of it is that we are grasping at straws, trying to understand these things that we are all experiencing collectively.
0: Yeah. It's,
2: it's not neat.
0: Yeah, no. And I remember there was a point in time where I hated the idea, uh, the, the concept that there is such a thing as the quote-unquote oppression Olympics. But that is to a certain extent how a lot of liberals view the framework that Mm -hmm. there are these completely separate atomized competing self-interests that don't have any sort of common cause just through accident of history. We happen to oppress all of these collective groups in a myriad of completely disconnected ways. And it's our job to prioritize the solutions to each because if they don't have a collective cause, they don't have a collective solution. And that implies that there's actually competition for the solution mm-hmm. amongst them, which, yeah, reflects capitalist liberal assumptions about a marketplace.
2: And scarcity. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's an artificial scarcity of politics.
2: I also think liberals have a tendency, like, to childishly, yeah, I care about the person who's, who's being um, picked on. And you know what? Therefore, uh, in a very flattened out way, the person who's being picked on is automatically valued more. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I show that I care about equality. Yeah. But it, if you're sloppily applying that metric, you lose the thread of what is even important. And I, you know, that's what contributes to like, oh, we just need more women of color dictators or something <laughs> like it's the essentializing. It all comes back to that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, to be the first person to ha- get shot by a rubber bullet on Black Lives Matter way. <laughs>
2: <sighs> Which
0: I think might be a segue, and I have a feeling Steve might want to take the lead on this one. Yeah,
2: Steve, where were you just at?
1: I was, uh, I just marched for the fourth time this week, fourth, fourth March. I have this weird dystopian fantasy where I'm imagining the coming world of just 24/7, uh, like Truman Show level of marches going around uh, mm-hmm. by boroughs, where packs of people take shifts in different neighborhoods to showcase the like the protest, and that that is then allowed on certain hours or on certain streets. But it, it, for the last ten days, it's it's felt like that. Um, that is so
0: weird how you're yeah. naming place in yeah. a revolution, and you're kind of uh, interpreting it through a lens of a work schedule.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny how that works. Um, yeah. No, we 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 marched today. Uh, Ariel and I marched today from. We marched from Barclay Center to Crown Heights, but before that, we went to Williamsburg, and I really want to talk about the difference between the two because I was in McCarran Park for a sil- silent vigil.
0: Okay, before you do, I just want to say I'm on the um, I'm on a channel that uh, basically someone just posts the uh, police scanner. Mm. Uh, from the day, and I guess it was probably yesterday that I read that McCarran Park got cleared out by
1: the cops. I know that they had another protest yesterday, but I not aware of that. Cause yeah, it's I mean it does just sound like
0: the liberal Polish Catholics from Greenpoint who are like doing their Polish Catholic liberal. Protests of silent vigils, more yes. silent vigils, and a lot more silent vigils, and,
1: uh, and it definitely, it, it definitely felt religious. Um, but
0: on at least one occasion, I will just say in their defense, I did read on the scanner that uh, the police decided to forcibly clear the park out. So good for them.
1: My, my favorite uh, irony from that was a woman holding up the sign. Uh, white silence is violence, and the entire place being silent?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is so fucking Surge. Uh, Standing <laughs> um, okay. up for r-
0: racial justice. It's like just the like whitest uh, anti-racist group that ever existed. It's called Surge, and that is something they would do. Instead of the broad brush, we need to look at which white women have the
1: strongest basis to see that an agenda that serves racial justice, gender justice, etc., can serve them too. Yeah, it was, it, it, it made me angry more than any, like I recognize that like it was supposed to be moments of reflection on our whiteness and the problems that we brought upon the world uh, through.
2: But does sin- performing it, like this is what I don't understand. What is the purpose, even down to I'm seeing a lot of my well-intentioned, I guess, friends saying, hey, white people, um, I donated to these places today. What did you do kind of thing, which I get that they think it's, um, yeah, I'm going to we're all going to get in on this and show how we can be so supportive and allies and blah, blah, blah. But. It does just show that you hadn't done any of these things before. Yeah. <laughs> you, you had not engaged in a meaningful conversation about anti-racism, <sighs> and like, frankly, in a very petty way, uh, I'm just oh, I'm like, woohoo! You got someone called you a race trader. <laughs> like- hey, white <boys>, people!
0: <laughs> when I was checking out of the supermarket today, it asked me if I would like to donate a dollar to children who are hungry, and I said
1: yes. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So there was this silent vigil, and both looked at each other and was like, "This is the stupidest fucking thing." Um, papists. Yeah, I don't even know who organized it, but it was just pointless. As most things, I blame the uh, Polish. But then we went to Barclays Center, and that was the most fun protest that I've ever been to. I sent videos to the chat, but it was
2: yeah, it it was lit. It was lit. There was super fun. There
1: was some dance parties that broke out. There was a drum line. very much more organized than previously. Uh, Jemani Williams was there, um, and he's really trying to take hold of this as a political rallying cry to mm-hmm. become mayor someday in the near distant future.
0: Yeah, this is, yeah.
1: This yeah. is three years before his campaign. Yeah,
0: he's yeah. going to be awesome during the campaign, but you're just going to know you're going to hate the motherfucker.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... Jemani Williams was there. They had all of the black women come up to the front for the kneeling.
2: Wait, did they just get to kneel in front, or did everyone get to bend the knee Every, to the black
0: women?
1: No, everyone bent the
0: knee, but the... Did Jamani Williams declare a revolutionary government that we <laughs> declare loyalty to, and that those in the NYPD who still take orders from the commissioners are traitors to New York? That would have been the
1: move. I think that was his gist, but uh, otherwise it was more like grandstanding than anything. And, you know, I have problems with Jamani Williams' politics. Yeah, no, I met the dude once. (laughs) (laughs) I got that. Uh, But, yeah, no, there was some guy who had a wonderful boombox that was playing D-Max, N-W-A, you know, no rage against the machine, but I was really hoping for it. me white person. Um, but it was it was fun. It was lighthearted. And then we got to Brooklyn Avenue and we converged with a prior protest, meaning that there was like over a thousand people because we were like five hundred to seven hundred. yeah, and there was like, 300 to 500 more people at a different protest that was earlier and they converged with us. And then there was like indecision and infighting amongst the ranks as to whether or not they should stay out after 11 because the commissioner was on the phone with them telling them to disperse by 11 or else everyone would be arrested. And there was a sort of like a, indecision as to whether or not the group should keep going or like go home and that's when I was like this does not seem like a good idea to stick around here <laughs> but that brings me to like my earlier experiences this week the most exciting and scary one was Sunday night Sunday night Elle and I went over the Manhattan Bridge we went to Barclays Center and marched over the Manhattan Bridge it was it was beautiful everybody was kind of like excited it was like one of the first first night after the cop car burned and then we marched in to manhattan and we got to the post office at church ave and canal street and there was a bunch of people with their hands up doing the uh don't shoot and we we get up to them and i was like something's off about this then there was like a sea, like a waterfall of faces just charging at us. And, and the cops the cops had charged at the group. The group was like very dangerously running at our face. The two of us like just started running uh, down Church Avenue. Uh, there were shots fired. Uh, it sounded like pellet guns. It was terrifying. More, more terrifying that we were going to get trampled. Maybe you can confirm this, but at the time, you shared uh, Ted
0: Liu, the uh, state senators. Seat. Yeah. So that that was that event.
1: That was that event. Yeah, we were right in the, like, you can see where we were running towards. We we weren't in the camera, obviously. We were just coming up on that group when they started charging at us. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know what happened. We just saw the sea of faces, and we just hightailed it. I mean, it was one of the scariest fucking moments of my our lives. Like, just you know, batons charging at us um, in riot gear. The one thing the um, feed
0: on the scanner is really putting forth is, it's just every night there is a protest on every goddamn block. Yep. Like, uh, you get a thing in 49th and 8th, then the next one is Prospect Park, then Washington Square, then Williamsburg Bridge, I heard, got shut down earlier today. Yeah, no, just, like, every fucking spot in the city, there's a goddamn protest, I say as I named Midtown, Lower Manhattan, and Brooklyn and nowhere else. Um... <laughs>
2: This is the most widespread kind of protest that we've certainly ever experienced in our lifetimes, at the very least. So, you know, yeah, it's fucking everywhere. It's every goddamn block. Yeah, I mean,
0: shit, my dad was even talking about today, like, oh, man, it's so weird how it's in every country, too. And I'm just sitting there as the smarmy Marxist going, learn internationalism. but. (laughs)
2: I will say I was, um, Uh, I feel like I I don't want to jinx it, but I did see, I'm from Maryland, and there were places in Maryland where there were multiple Black Lives Matter protests that, wow, well, what do you know? (laughs) Who would have thought this classically, you know, basic, bare bones, white suburban kind of racist place? is having multiple protests and it's uh interesting because a lot of these protests especially in smaller towns are being organized by high school students yeah no
0: i mean in smaller towns that is who organizes
2: sure it's fucking kind of cool i just you know i'm old enough to have been trained not to get excited about any possibility.
0: If you're in... Okay, I've grown up in white suburbs and if you're in white suburbs, the people who organize things are the, like, three high school students who, in my time, listen to rage or, like, aging hippie parents. And that's all Mm -hmm. the fucking organization that occurs in a lot of those towns because...
1: Who the fuck else is there? <laughs> like, so getting back to my experience, I just want to say Manhattan was one of the scariest places I've ever been. Yeah, man. It was. It was Mad Max universe. Uh, the only cars on the streets were were just caravans of cops roving. We walked up from Canal Street, like after they dispersed the crowd. We walked up Union Square. Nobody in Union Square. We found city bikes and started riding down Broadway. And this is where this is where it was interesting. Was we we did see looting. There were packs of people. I saw people with uh, giant mallets or like hammers breaking into matcha tea stores. (laughs) Awesome. It was it was awesome. Like. Uh, I, you know, and I was riding through the city bikes. They they were trying to get into Dwayne Reed too, but the matcha tea store was the best. It was like a chocolate place that sold matcha tea and just, you know, people were coming out with boxes of like really bougie tea and uh, chocolate.
0: Well, yeah, no, this is like how... Um... Hip-hop started after the uh, New York blackouts allowed, like, a bunch of people to just raid audio stores and, like, get some, like, nice mixers and shit and invent hip-hop. There's going to be a whole new, like, urban matcha tea culture uh, (laughs) phenomenon that will develop over the next 30 years after out of this. It's gonna be fucking great, man. Yeah,
1: but like every window that wasn't boarded up was uh broken. Honestly. And it, honestly it to not touch the boarded up ones
0: because boards are not that strong.
1: I'm sure there were um there were some that had been broken in and boards were covering it then and then uh, but yeah Soho is just like a smashed and it's awesome because Soho is yeah, Soho really useless. That. Soho soho's best years were
0: when it was all smashed up and the buildings were abandoned,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know from whence it came. Really, yeah,
0: goddamn right. Um, Bring back that
1: fucking Led Zeppelin cover, baby. I've heard from other people in Manhattan that every single building in Union Square has been boarded up, and pretty much most of the East Village also boarded up.
0: You gotta. <laughs> <watch it. laughs> Main hub of subway stops is probably a hub of protest. Like, it's easy to fucking get to.
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was Sunday night. We took, we took city bikes, uh, city. That was terrifying. Math Max Universe. Technically, looted uh, city bikes. <laughs> no, no, no. I paid for them.
0: Oh, shit. You paid for fucking city bikes during the revolution? You fucking
2: top. Is he going to steal one of the mallets and break yeah, it? Yeah, would ask
0: someone else to do it. I'm sure they would.
1: Um, And then going over the Manhattan Bridge again was pretty exhilarating on the bikes. Yeah, cool. And uh, yeah, making it all the way back to my car parked at Barclay Center. And coming back was also, it was Starship Troopers universe. Like there mm-hmm. were... Okay. Toy soldiers. There must have been two thousand. Oh yeah, okay. just, just gathered in the in the Barclays Center like area, and they were in lines like marching toy soldiers. Yeah,
0: in riot gear. Yeah, that'd just be RoboCop universe if we're
1: RoboCop gonna universe, that. Starship Trooper universe. You know. Yeah, some Vera, then. Near, near future of like utopia dystopia that's come alive. And then went out Tuesday, went out Wednesday. One of the nights we got, uh, I witnessed some cops beatings at Cadman Plaza. Just unprovoked brutality. It Was um, you know pretty awesome by the cops. Gotta give it to them. They just love shit out of black people
2: now they're diversifying just the glee they're taking and being the shit out of yeah
1: they were beating up (laughs) white people too i saw two black people be arrested who weren't even part of the protest Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, but did you see that the NYPD tweeted all the things that got thrown at Oh, out?
0: yeah, I did too.
2: Someone threw an apple they had taken a bite <laughs> out of. Oh, <laughs> dude. And they were like, look at this projectile hurled at one of our dear officers. I think the only
1: thing that I saw getting thrown at was, was just empty water bottles, Majority of the things being thrown.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, what you should not do as... What could be called an art project and therefore you know, protected by the First Amendment, I say, as a lawyer, would be to take <laughs> an empty Pepsi can. And what you shouldn't do is fill it with concrete and then
1: throw that at the uh, somebody named Mike Tracy.
2: Oh, gosh, don't. Remind me of my missed opportunity. All right, Bunny,
1: please tell us about it.
2: Yes, my Tracy was out and about over over this way in Jersey City. And I saw some people were gathering. And then I saw that he was out here uh, on his Twitter. Complete diagonal opposite of where everyone was like crowding or whatever so then one i went out there uh not appropriately dressed whatsoever i was wearing like slip-on shoes and you know whatever and because uh, there was a lot of police a lot a lot a lot it was it was just like an absurd amount of police um but i mean it was a tepid lukewarm kind of one of these uh, in the grand scheme uh, in terms of what the vibe was but i couldn't i had eyes on them. Then like people were kind of moving, and uh, I went to change my shoes. And when I went back out, I couldn't get close enough to him. I don't know either what I was going to do. I, if the protests are the place for me to get my rocks off on fucking Duncan, on Mike Tracy, and being like, "Pigalami sluts," uh, that's right. I was get off my head, <laughs> I know. That's I was just a, you know hoping I was a deep gonna cut have. Line a more convenient opportunity. But he was out here doing his new fucking spiel, which is these poor people of color cops and uh, trying to create, like, whatever. Just
1: class class solidarity with the cops. Yeah.
2: You know, guys, but yeah, he's out here being a dipshit. But yeah, that's a narrative that has uh, sprung up. For sure. Um, people will use anything to try to, the same way the outside agitator is a well-worn narrative to try to delegitimize these kind of protests.
0: Okay, so first of all, you have this sort of black pill defeatism that essentially leads to this conclusion of, well, isn't it convenient? I'm um, absolved of responsibility from doing anything because this will fail. And then I think on the more insidious side is this idea that um this is not based on class, but on racial justice, which can be co-opted by bourgeois corporate interests, which again leads to this conclusion of therefore I'm absolved of responsibility for participating. But more so, it's this almost Gen X-y, lazy idea that if... Something can be co-opted. It must be bad. Any working class movement will be fought against in two different ways. The first way will be through brutal violence, which we are seeing. The second way will be the liberal class attempting to co-opt it. It doesn't matter what you're doing, what your quote-unquote message is. It will certainly be attempted to be redirected in a seemingly friendly way towards non-productive ends that will end in useless reforms. Moreover, as socialists, we need to understand that this is in part a study of the phenomenon of revolution, not a study of how to do a revolution. Revolutions occur, revolutions occur from the internal contradictions of capital. Those contradictions boil over and you get revolutions. As a socialist, you can understand why that happens and how that happens related to capital, but it's not a license to say like, oh, this revolution isn't messaging correctly. This revolution isn't saying the magic words of, this is about class and therefore I can participate in it. The revolution comes. Your job is to participate and understand that, and hopefully try and build upon that, being led by those who are rising up. And there's this strain that's basically saying, this is race-based, not class-based. That is complete horseshit. This is occurring as a result of racism which is a superstructure of the class system and it's our job to follow the people who are organically rising up from those contradictions.
2: But I think that can bring us tidally around to this eight can't wait liberal agenda. Right. on the agenda. flip side
0: it is um, the job of the socialists to call out bullshit like this. Deray so, is not the organically uprising working class. Deray is some guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, there's a way that even those it, you have to be weary of essentializing even the working class because even those who you could argue come from the working class. So, therefore, they speak for it. (laughs) It's not that hard to get caught up in liberalism. It's the way out offered to you in a lot of places. No individual Uh, speaks
0: for the working class. The fact that there are protests in all 50 states, in every major city in the United States, is the voice of the working class. No human being Mm -hmm. will speak words for the working class.
2: And we should... Always be suspicious of taking our cues too, too much from any individual, especially, I, I think even Duray's rise is a little bit of an example of this kind of co-opting energy. I'm not trying to say that I believe DeRay to be ill-intentioned. I think it's perfectly understandable how someone could think, yeah, I'm going to use Things that liberalism is telling me are the ways out of struggling. I'm going to use these things or this knowledge I have of it to to offer solutions, right? Because that is the narrative the liberals are comfortable with. Oh, it's just one. Actually, all you need to know is one clever trick. And you've solved racism. You just got to be uh, willing to do it. Like it, there's people want that to be the answer. They want it to be something academic, data driven. They want it to be data driven. And I want to just say always be suspicious of data driven solutions as they are applied to matters of life and death.
1: Technocratic.
2: Yeah. I mean, and just, you think about DeRay, if if you're familiar with him, you know him because he always wears the same blue vest. Like, he branded himself in this very overt way, Dury, Ferguson and Freddie Gray. This initiative i guess he's put out is a uh, done in coordination with the project zero that they're saying they have these nifty data-driven solutions that you don't even need to do major legislation about that will reduce violence by 72
0: i just want to put a note that, here i have an aside about this but go on
2: so just flatly without further contextualizing this saying that relies on the data that they've polled that every one of these measures would tightly reduce violence by 15%. And if you add them all together, do, 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 do. but the problem is most of these initiatives are already in place in some form or another. They're unenforceable. They require police to self-report. Well, l- which is l-
1: l- let me read disaster. out the A. calls and strangleholds yeah. require de-escalation, require warning before shooting, Fire exhaust all alternatives before shooting. Duty to intervene. Ban shooting at moving vehicles. Okay. Uh, require use of force <laughs> continuum, which Um require comprehensive reporting.
2: Like, how do you uh, measurably do any of those? Well, things?
1: it is really atomizing violence and making it uh, a very tight package like violence is is something that can be contained or it can be intellectualized, just like the looting can be intellectualized um, or, you know, intellectualized and dismissed as, you know, morally bad, morally good. And these all seem to be that same continuum of morality around violence.
0: And also How is this our demand? Rather than we can talk about abolishing the police. We we can have that discussion. But what about disarming the police? How is that not a mainstream,
2: not progressive,
0: not leftist, not socialist, progressive liberal, whatever the fuck that word means? How is that not to raise number one demand?
2: I'm shooting in the leg instead of in the heart. The
0: number one. beat cops do not have a gun on their waist. There is a gun. It's locked in your fucking trunk. Deal with it. That's our initial demand. Negotiate down from there. What the fuck is this? Like, even as a basic liberal reformist idea, they don't carry guns anymore. That should be the moderate position.
2: And also, you know, I'd argue a data-driven Extremely (laughs) (laughs)
0: data-driven.
2: It's it's fucking, I just hate the application of smart-sounding framing to shit that fucking common sense you can get to... um,
0: is no basically what solutions. if the police was more like office space as a solution to <laughs> 200 years of race, or from 1619, whatever the fuck that year amount is of well, racism.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of just takes, like, corporate political correctness and apply it to policing. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you can't... Well, that's what...
2: Uh, That's what the also the Mike Tracy narrative is about by focusing on police of color and, you know, being like, oh, no, in our rush to get justice with the police, we might hurt black. Or,
0: you know, maybe Mike Tracy Uh, just got like made to look like a little girl by Ann Coulter and his entire (laughs) fucking career since then has just been compensating for that. He was more interesting when he at least (laughs) looked like Mario
1: from Super Mario Brothers like in college. I remember making fun of him with his (laughs) girlfriend about that. With you, actually, the the three of us.
0: He totally looked like Mario from Super Mario Brothers. If he was less of a coward, he would have just done the mustache. But he was too (laughs) much of a fucking coward for that. So, you know what? Fuck him.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there is, I, I always think a helpful way to think about these things are to, you know, the police as a fucking ghost entity wants to stay in mm-hmm. existence. <laughs> and it will insipidly create these weird arguments to try to sustain itself. That is the nature of Something like a power structure like the fucking police. Like the half of the reason the, the, that people the,
0: the, it can't wait be- is nineteen ninety-two Bill Clinton. It's useless. Yeah. It's worse than useless. It is complete fucking horseshit. It's nineteen eighty-eight George Bush Sr. Like it has no fucking value. Just say the cops should not have guns. And let the left say the cops
1: should not be... Okay, the the left seemed to be split on the two demands of abolish the police and defund the police. Whatever. Well, I do have thoughts on that, but... I I see that more than anything, at least in the the posters that I read. I, I was pleasantly surprised to hear abolish the police chant tonight, which... You know, brought a swell to my heart for someone who is still waiting to hand a Molotov cocktail to a black woman to to burn down a police car in the name of identity (laughs) politics.
0: Yeah, okay, so to like, fund the police to zero, so then there's no police, so whatever. I agree with to fund the police.
1: No, but the idea that $6 billion could be cut to $3 billion and you'd have half the problems. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: another version of oh, don't we all feel good about solutions yeah, that involve numbers? That should be, like, it, yeah,
0: that should be the awesome progressive left position in addition to... I mean, that comes with disarming the police, is if you're not worried about them getting into gunfights all the time, uh, yeah, they don't need the budget they need. So as far as I'm concerned, that's like also just generally a progressive liberal solution
1: that should be as opposed yeah. as opposed to what's going yeah, on we, in Minneapolis which is almost entirely abolishing the police force. Yeah. So they so they did it. They, they did it.
2: It it can be just like that everyone. Like I think that is another upside to this whole time right now is that people are collectively waking up to the possibility that things can change. Actually, very quickly. If you Material know, interest. sorry to well, make it. Yeah, but it, for lack of a better way, uh, for a way to communicate this, for the less into it, it the vibe. <laughs> okay,
0: I, I do want to <laughs> just say that you know yeah. I, I recently reread an essay by Fisher that kind of I think introduces an interesting concept to all. Which, which one? The October 79 essay is the realism is the enemy of the real. Basically, what he was saying in that is being realistic the way liberals and conservatives define being realistic is not realistic. The idea of saying uh-huh. yeah. and he uses the environment for this and I'll use it as a similar jumping off point and make my point about this conversation from that is I'm struck by the pr- primary. Beto O'Rourke said the following statement, if we do nothing about global warming in the next 10 years, there won't be a civilization left that would be the real that is true there is like reason to think that this is an existential threat to society but at the same time the solutions he gave were politically realistic they were things that could get passed if the democrats beat every poll that There were things that could maybe happen in the minds of the law, but they wouldn't actually affect the existential threat he talked about. And he has the ability to hold both those thoughts in his head at the same time. And many people on the left discuss, oh, we shouldn't say abolish the police because that's alienating. Well, here's the problem abolishing the police is the real it is the rational solution to mm-hmm. police violence because police violence isn't about bad cops it's not about bad training it's not about body cams because we've tried all of this shit and it doesn't fucking matter it's about the police it's about the institution and the way that it interacts in the social structure it was created and it does what it's designed to do, which is to be brutal. And so it's not a matter of what is politically realistic. That's what they talk about. That's what 8 Can't Wait talks about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. what is oh, we can do this. We These are things we can do, well, but it doesn't fucking solve the problem. Where? And the problem is an existential threat to our society.
2: Yeah, that where there is a confusion of the ability to deduce what is realistic to get done politically with doing that, quote unquote, work in their heads, they feel it's equivalent to have solved the problem. It's the way it is treated is as if we have gotten solutions that way. And plainly we have not. It's just not looking at
1: the... I think the the other other Fisherian uh, aspect of that is that it's a marketing exercise. Yeah. Uh, That all that uh, is real collapses into PR. That, you know, you can have existential threats. Uh, They had existential threats about the environment in the 90s. They also had existential threats about the police in the 90s. And the response, the neoliberal reforms that were put in place were to atomize it and to turn it into a marketable thing so that you had, you know, corporate greenification and you had increased policing of policing.
2: No, well, you also had the Acquiescing to the narrative that the conservatives right, right. established, which is the criminals are running rampant and doing all this shit, and we need protection and safety. Like, half of the things people used to praise Bill Clinton about are him fucking okay. sucking their dick about. If rampant. I can just, you know, interject no a
0: little more thoughts on this, though, is it's not even an issue. So much of PR as it is a complete unawareness that there is a difference. The justification for 8 can't wait is in itself that it can be passed. And also, any objective assessment would say that that's probably not true on any sort of grand scale. Most of even these very moderate demands will never get. Fucking implemented for fifty-one percent plus of the urban population of the United States, but that's neither here nor there.
2: Well, and every single one of them has a right. caveat for using excessive force if that's left up to the right. The whole like statistical of an
0: analysis of oh, this is will reduce by seventy-one percent is bullshit, and they know it's bullshit. We know they know it's bullshit. Everyone knows that's bullshit. They're not putting it forward because it will reduce, you know, police related shootings or whatever the fuck they call it by 71%. They're putting it forward because it can be passed and its ability to be passed is the victory. There's they don't even envision a different victory than that.
1: They can't. Yeah. Well, it's It it kind of gets back to what we were talking about. The the symbolic is is more important than the signifier versus signified. Yeah, you know, the sign of getting it passed means that they're more likely to get reelected, which kick down real change and point to the previous change as reason to elect them again.
0: Yeah, this is now a. You guys are
1: walking on board for that. that just... I mean, I can talk about the idea of responsibility in this context, because the responsibility of society versus responsibility of the individual. Oh, yeah, he did
0: uh, headshot. He, and it was,
1: it was all related to apartheid. Um, <laughs> yeah, the 80s were awesome. Well, it was like literally 1990 and he went on a tour of South Africa and had this whole thing of like societal responsibility versus societal forgiveness, which interesting, but also unrelated, but yeah, sign signifier. We pass neoliberal reforms, not because they actually solve the issues of society, but because it allows the people that push the reforms to continue their tenure in office. And that's how you get neoliberal Democrats in office. You know,
0: but I I think the thing that Fisher takes to the next level with the concept of capitalist realism is that power structure then becomes an epistemological structure. And it simply is the fact that those reforms are the victory, and the victory is those reforms, and what the fuck is the alternative to those reforms and the victory? Right, there's no future. Yeah. There's no future It's just all, there we're gonna get another fucking police brutality protest, we're gonna reform. I mean, at this point, 1968 was the point where, like, MLK died and we passed, like, various federal level, like, Fair Housing Act, etc. We're even past that point. We're at the point where we have nationwide protests, what you can call riots, and we talk about how we ought to do something.
1: And then we just do don't, and it's fine. Well, it was the same way with the COVID. <laughs> like, we talked about how we ought to do something, and then we just didn't. Yeah. This, by the way, is a precursor. Marlo and I are going to start our own solo Patreon of just taking a Mark Fisher article and then uh, doing one of these things for one article. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Goddamn
0: We're going to get into
1: accelerationism.
0: Yeah, no, you should get <laughs> Oh, shit!
2: You should like no girls allowed, and then you should let me do another bonus episode where I'm like, <laughs> "This hey, is Kiko Tommy
0: male escorts."
2: Then our <laughs> listeners, and then our listeners who are not familiar can can feel like they are experiencing well, through me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So yeah, I have like two books I want to read before that happens, but uh yeah. Oh,
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna do that shit. I I actually think, Bunny, you would really like K-Punk. You would really dig K-Punk. Well, yeah.
0: It's a collection I was of late capitalist
1: realism. It's ninety
0: fucking pages.
1: It's cool. See, this is us. This is us yeah, men. I, you this know, is us men telling the one girl in pinko kamis. Yeah. To read.
0: this... <laughs> No, also, no, no. Bonnie, you should read Infinite Jest.
2: Um, <laughs> 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 no, but full disclosure, I have read full, long, tedious, heady shit just to get the joke on the Okay, seriously, CR so, like, is like 90 is fucking not-
0: pages. It's easier. Yeah, so it's
2: not. Yeah, it's 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 kind of.
0: You should like read it like three times at least. But like also, yeah, just read it once. Like
1: I used to call it the uh, Communist Manifesto for the 21st century.
0: Yeah, many people are saying. Many people (laughs) are saying that Amy Therese is a Mike Tracy all, or Mike Tracy is an Amy Therese all. (laughs) (laughs) Many people are saying this.
2: I've heard that. I've heard. Them. I mean, I, I have heard, heard
0: both their voices this. on a recording before, <laughs> and also met one of them. Yeah, no, many people are saying this. I okay.
2: mean, I don't know what so, people are okay. saying. Okay,
0: so it. what was so. okay? This is actually an early two thousand <laughs> quiz thing that leads into a Mike Tracy story. Um, so, do we remember before there was G four on digital cable, Al Gore? started a digital cable channel does anyone else other than fucking me remember current thank you current
2: funny. tv yes guess what uh before we get into it uh, i have received payment for work current from tv current was TV. basically vice
0: <laughs> before there was vice it was basically vice done by boomers but like It it was like, if Vice just sucked a little bit more and was done by Boomers instead of Gen Xers, uh, you would have current TV. But anyway, I do recall there was one time between the years 2008 and 2010, right after fucking Bird, that fucking former Klansman uh, Democrat dude died. Do we remember who that was? Oh, yeah. Right after he died... This was like probably 2008 because I remember talking to fucking Mike Tracy about this shit. And him being like, oh, he was a Democratic legend because Mike Tracy was a normie fucking dem at the time. And I'm like, yeah, he's a fucking Klansman, dude. And he's like defending that as Mike Tracy will. And I remember (laughs) turning on current TV... And I literally saw, I forget what the fucking event was, but Mike Tracy was on my TV screen. Talking about how Robert Byrd <laughs> could play a mean banjo, which offended me both as someone who doesn't like the clan, doesn't like Mike Tracy, and also very much likes bluegrass as a genre. And I actually then <laughs> did call Mike Tracy up, and I'm like, why are you on my TV? And he's like, oh, I was at this event in D.C., and these people interviewed me.
1: Robert Carlisle Bird, born Cornelius Calvin Sale, Jr. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Klansman, Democrat. Stuck by Democrat. In office, he was preceded by Strom Thurmond.
0: Yeah. Did Thurmond become senator? As in like the twenty aughts, uh Mike Tracy was defending Robert Byrd's clan membership because fuck Mike Tracy.
2: Yeah, we're at uh we're we're a little over an hour here. I think we hit all my uh oh we hit everything except discussing um how we are Antifa um, ad- i I'm
1: actually communications so. director of the outside agitator like division. I am trying to convince other people, parody, that uh, I helped and together with Al Qaeda to have like a terrorism <laughs> grow out. I
0: mean, yeah. the thing that Anafa uh I say (laughs) Anifa is how we pronounce it in South Jersey. But, yeah, no, the thing that Anifa and the left and uh, Al-Qaeda all have in common, along with our Mark Fisher sub-series, is no girls allowed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then... What that all has in common is that, against my better judgment, I yeah, want to well, insert myself into this Yeah, spaces. one of us
0: will be the, like, <laughs> Alfalfian character, the Alfalfian, youngian archetype, whose hair will go up, and we will let you into the club, the He-Man club, um...
2: Well, and then I'll show you I'm worth it by like punching yeah. something and spinning something have cool to be like honest, that. That do. I doing. have <laughs>
0: not seen Little Rascals in a recent enough time to make these references.
2: M- me either. I hope that's somewhat in the realm <laughs> of uh, what, what a what terrible happened there.
0: fucking show. Leave <laughs> it to Beaver is goddamn Casablanca blanket oh, next good. to Little Rascals. I'm gonna go on record with that. I'm
1: I'm pretty sure that every Anifa, Anifa, Antifa, I have personally employed in our hierarchical structure of Anifa was one of those kids in middle school who was into good Charlotte's lifestyles of the rich and took all of their political (laughs) ideology from that uh, music video. Mm. (laughs)
2: That's a good recruiting, like a trolling the people who thumbs up that video on YouTube. I mean, yeah, go like
1: behind the bleachers to avoid square dancing classes and gym, you know, and listen to good Charlotte on a Walkman and, you know, dream about burning down the state. I don't know. Watch Fight Club. Watch. Uh. Also take all your um, political aspirations from that movie Infuse it with good Charlotte, put on, you know, all black, but be very pastily white. Get on phone calls with Kabul and just learn how to v- suicide vest parody. Uh, B- <laughs> also. I also
2: I know. I love talking to the guys who get their political aspirations from Fight Club. <sighs> Because um, as much as they love that movie, they do not have a checklist yeah, like, of what I do. they would the I up. The person
0: who was coming up with that theory was I, a everybody good does. Of a schizophrenic mind. <laughs> but <laughs> this leads into my general uh, <laughs> idea that the worst people, and I think they're dying out. But for a long time, there was a crowd of people who, if they were to be interviewed by someone who asked them what are your biggest uh, comedy influences they would unironically name the Three Stooges I, those people are terrible Yes, Mel Gibson I know from past interviews was one of those people and he hated Jews. so <laughs> that's a that's a you know, who, you know, of, like, entertainers well, that like used to be a thing that I think is becoming less of a thing nowadays
1: you know who also hated Jews uh, Bobby Fisher. That's true. We'll um, not, that's also BDS. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, I'm communications director for Antifa. Uh, please direct any questions, concerns, complaints you want demolished um, my way, and I'll s- send those in the appropriate channel.
2: I just want to let anyone who's listening know, uh, Steve is who sends uh, roving bands of Antifa out sometimes to populate, you know. We we mostly open em- mic we,
1: we mostly like employ that. Russians. Uh-uh.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we wait for them to um see someone yeah. innocently tell a joke of free Beat stage, them up. and uh then oh, Antifa beats them up. So that is 100% true. Um, it really again, happens all the time.
1: Molotov cocktails in cop cars, check. Molotov cocktails, Mazel getting back to the Jewish cocktails. question. Oh, it's a Marxist reference. Yeah,
0: they're also called outside interloper cocktails. <laughs> um,
1: if you George to make Soros' that cocktail, blood. We'll
2: be in it.
1: <laughs> the good
2: stuff. <laughs> the good stuff it's cool because we'll just like, call like we'll brutal. just call
1: that one the Bakunin,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy guys guys did you also you know i'm going to end on this did you see that video of? we haven't talked about trump, trump nearly yeah, uh, make yeah it whatever
0: so- no we're on the left we love trump. Yeah, we're more either. angry at
2: yeah. <laughs> i want to end on Suggesting everyone watch this video of Ivanka <sighs> Trump. She is a hundred percent a lizard person, if ever there were one. If ever there was a video where a bitch looked like she wanted to make people eyeball so bad.
0: The next lizard person it's been, holidays. Is this is this one? If it's It's
2: No, I'm I'm talking parasitic yeah. reptilians. Anyway,
1: uh, um, Donald Trump like cleared out a bunch of protesters with tear gas to. Yeah, Bible upside down. Yeah, yeah no, it's been
0: happening, and please continue to donate to things, and also put your fucking bodies on the line if you can. This is fucking important. This mm-hmm. is not necessarily the revolution, but this is a revolution, and even if it fails, the failure of today's revolution is the success of
1: tomorrow's. All right, Lenin. Um, actually, Luxembourg, thank you. Luxembourg, to 1905, baby. Yeah. Shout out to Matt Christman.
0: The fucking Easter Rising that led <laughs> to the Anglo Irish War of Independence. Uh, 1905 led to 1917. Yeah. You know, you fucking take the world as it is, not as you want it to be, and you do your fucking best. That's right. right. Good Don't night. Don't about it, man. Uh, Good night. night. Yeah. See so, ya. Yeah. Good, Good night, night. everybody. Bye. We did it. Reformed or revolution by Lisa Luxemburg. At first view, the title of this work may be found surprising.
2: Can the social democracy be
1: against reforms? Can we contrapose the social revolution, the transformation of the existing order, or final goal, to social reforms? Certainly not. The daily struggle for reforms, for the amelioration of the condition of the workers within the framework of the existing social order and for democratic institutions,